Episode 53, 29th Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year A. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of scripture, prayer and reflection. For you will surely heed me, O God. Turn your ear to me, hear my words. Guard me as the apple of your eye. In the shadow of your wings, protect me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, as we come together for this 29th Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year A, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you are mighty God and Prince of Peace. Lord, have mercy. You are Son of God and the Son of Mary. Christ, have mercy. You are Word made flesh, the splendour of the Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray for the grace to do God's will. Almighty ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 1 and 4 to 6. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him, and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. 
Beside me there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that all may know, from the rising of the sun and from the west, that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The Word of the Lord Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations the Lord is king. He will judge the peoples with equity. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. From Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not only in words, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Shine like the stars in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 22, verses 15 to 21. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to say to him, along with Herodians, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, 
and to God the things that are God's. The Gospel of the Lord. The readings for this weekend really pick up on the concept of encouraging in us and in our society the importance of consistency, integrity and subtlety, that we are consistent inside and out. The first reading from Isaiah is really fascinating. It speaks about God appointing King Cyrus as his shepherd, as his anointed one. King Cyrus might not mean much to us 2,000 years after, but it was extraordinary in his day. King Cyrus was the founding ruler of the great Persian Empire, and although he was not Jewish, he was extremely supportive of the Jewish people and issued an edict that allowed the Jewish population to return to the Promised Land from Babylon and to rebuild their temple and give them back their treasures. The book of Isaiah honours him as a dignified and righteous king. He is the only Gentile to be designated as the Anointed One, the same word which means Messiah or Christ, which is a divinely appointed king, even though he was not of the Jewish religion. This itself is an important illustration that there's not always a clear or distinct divide between secular and sacred, between religion and politics. Even those who are not religious per se, or who do not profess a religious faith, may be enormously supportive of promoting values that are consistent with God's kingdom. And as such, they may very well be being utilised by God as instruments of God's will, even if they would not themselves name it as such. Jesus' reaction to the malice and the hypocrisy of the religious leaders who are trying to trap him is actually very inspiring. The fact that the Herodians and the Pharisees join together to attack Jesus is itself an enormous hypocrisy. The Pharisees were fiercely nationalistic. They hated the Herodians because the Herodians supported King Herod, who had sold out and was being used as a puppet of the secular Gentile Roman Empire. But here they're getting together, enemies coming together to try and trap our Lord. Their real concern wasn't duty to God, but in fact just trying to get Jesus. And of course the only ones touching this coin, which they seem to be suggesting was unclean, was them, the Pharisees and Herodians. Jesus probably kept his hands right off it. He takes an amazing angle on this. He could be taken to be saying, look, the coins were minted by the Romans, it's their economic system, it belongs to them, give it back to them. Get rid of the money if you don't think it's clean. Free yourselves from the economy and the control of the Roman system. Create a new reality that's not associated with materialism, politics and greed that come with that system. But also, he clearly indicates that duty to God and duty to a civil authority is not necessarily contradictory. The two can go together. Those motivated by ill will were trying to separate government and religion entirely in order to create an artificial conflict. Actually, to be more precise, they were just trying to trap Jesus. It's not really clear what they cared about, whether they really cared about government or religion at all. They were setting Jesus up for a no-win situation. 
The miracle here is that our Lord did win in this extraordinary answer, very subtle way that indicated there is a duty to observe civil laws and procedures. But we also owe allegiance to God. Where possible, there may be no conflict. Ultimately, of course, our true loyalty is to God, who made all things, and therefore all things belong to God. But our Lord was not going to be drawn into a divisive separation of government and religion just for the sake of the argument, as if government always and everywhere cannot possibly be consistent with God's authority. And of course God's authority is all and over all. There's not a clear-cut religion versus government line here. It requires discernment. It's possible that supporting civil projects can give glory to God. And it's also possible that serving God can be at the service of civil needs. Our Lord is not trying to build an impenetrable them and us mentality. Also, this theme of render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's has another angle. It can be put like this. Take responsibility for what is your own doing and give thanks to God for what is God's doing. The religious leaders of Jesus' time were pretending to be righteous and concerned for others' spiritual and physical welfare. But our Lord saw through all that. He saw them for their true motives. Their hearts were filled with malice. And they were asking these questions, not to get a good answer, but merely to trap him and to blame him and to discredit him. I was reading an article that reminds me a bit about this. It's called Render to God What is God's. And it says, Who's your worst enemy? Our own worst enemy could actually be ourselves. Who knows better how to sabotage us? Who else knows as well where our weak spots are? How to really make us pay for our mistakes? We eat or drink too much? Whose fault is that? We can't blame the cook or the bartender. They're not forcing food and drink down our throats. We can fritter our money away at shops in senseless, senseless purchasing or at the pokies. Ought we to bring a lawsuit against the casino or Pacific Fair? If we smoke or don't exercise or neglect our sleep or work too much or play too much or can't control our temper or our mouth, who is to blame? But isn't it true that the one force in our life closest to home which is most likely to do serious harm is ourselves? So often people can be tempted to blame God or others for things that are really in the realm of our own responsibility. We need to take responsibility for our own actions and decisions and not try to blame them on others. We can be our own worst enemy. We can self-defeat and then blame others, anyone other than ourselves for the predicament we're in. Whereas we can trust that God only does things for what is good for us. God wants us to be at peace and to live and act in ways that are consistent with Jesus' good news. God wants us to admit our frailty and our vulnerability and need and turn to him for healing and grace. It is our Lord who asks us to look inside ourselves and see any ways in which our words and actions don't match up. Or as St. Paul says in the second reading, we should put our faith into action, not merely words, but as power as the Holy Spirit and as utter conviction. Jesus is asking each one of us to become aware of the areas in which we're not taking responsibility for the things that are our issues, and also the ways in which we're tempted to act to serve our own interests 
while saying that we're acting in the best interests of others or the good news. The true test is how self-serving are my actions. Our Lord, who was utterly sure of what he owed to God, the Father, which was everything, emptied himself entirely in service and love. He didn't need to make up excuses. He gave himself completely and modelled that perfectly. And for that, we are inspired and eternally grateful. May we be strengthened to follow his example in our daily lives and actions. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Having listened in faith to the words of Scripture, we now pray to our loving God. For the followers of Christ, that our private lives and our business practices may always be consistent with the faith we profess. Lord, hear us. For those who work in government, that they may use our taxes to serve honestly the needs of the community. Lord, hear us. For those whose faith has grown cold, that they may come to persevere through hope. Lord, hear us. For ourselves, that we may proclaim the good news with true conviction and model our treatment of others on the standard God set in Christ Jesus. Lord, hear us. For all who are experiencing ill health and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. For the eternal repose of our departed brothers and sisters, that as they have served faithfully in this life, they may now come to see the face of God in eternity, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God ever faithful, you have commanded us to live the good news. We ask you to hear the prayers we make through Jesus, who is Lord for ever and ever. Amen. Grant us, Lord, we pray, a sincere respect for your gifts, that through the purifying action of your grace, we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. It is truly right to give you thanks, truly just to give you glory. Father most holy, for you are the one God, living and true, existing before all ages and abiding for all eternity, dwelling in unapproachable light. Yet you, who alone are good, the source of life, have made all that is, so that you might fill your creatures with blessings and bring joy to many of them by the glory of your light. 
and so in your presence are countless hosts of angels who serve you day and night, and gazing upon the glory of your face, glorifying you without ceasing. With them we too confess your name in exaltation, giving voice to every creature under heaven as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him who hope in his merciful love to rescue their souls from death to keep them alive in famine let us pray Grant, O Lord, we pray that benefiting from participation in heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give in this present age and prepared for the gifts that are eternal through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, ICEL. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989, by the National Council of Churches of Christ in the United States. Adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms, copyright 2009, by the National Council of Churches of Christ, United States. Psalm Tones, the melody line for the Psalms, by Howard Hughes, SM, copyright 1992, ICEL. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 11-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly, copyright 1996 and 2016. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources.
contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. May God bless and keep you.